Our all seaside towns as unlucky as Broadchurch. Answer me this, answer me this. Where does Big Bird buy a big enough bird perch? Answer me this, answer me this. Helen and Ollie, answer me this. Welcome back, listeners, to Answer Me This, and uh, the podcast is now eight years old. Yes, I'm going to keep referring to 2015 from this point onwards mm. as my ninth year, because our anniversary is the beginning of the year. I always say to people, we're in our ninth year. But that is is true. Technically true, but we don't actually become nine until January 2016. My granddad really made Murray with that uh, little linguistic uh, quirk, because um, my aunt organized a big 80th birthday for him because he'd been saying when you asked him how old he was i'm in my 80th year oh. but that meant that he was 79 oh no was a big party oh no he shat all over his own party <laughs> he did no i mean not literally because he was still fairly healthy then good glad to hear it a couple of that years later, later. Have, yeah yeah so what so he had an 80th birthday on his actual 79th yeah renegade what did he do for his 80th probably uh laughed and laughed and laughed about his goods trick <laughs> <laughs> maybe he thought well i might not see my 80th birthday because you don't know what's going to happen at my age and so i'll get this party in the bank anyway many happy returns in the sense that you listeners have returned to us and we're many happy about it <laughs> uh, and uh, you can hear the uh, the the reverbic laughter of martin the soundman he's with us as well hello martin good of you to come back as well yeah it's great to be back with the answer me this team in 2015 um, say it with feeling <laughs> I just, I'm just saying what you wrote down. He's practically, sli- <laughs> he's practically sliding out of his chair with indifference already. Uh, how was your Christmas also? Pretty good. We were at the Grand Canyon at actual Christmas. It's oh, snowing. Wow. It snowed on Christmas Day at the Grand Canyon. Which is the first time I've ever seen snow actually fall, technically making it a white Christmas. The Christmas. irony. The irony. I mean, I was here in London, you know, Dickensian Christmas card London, and <laughs> not a drop. Never Clear a- blue sky and sunshine. Oh, God damn it. Yeah. Swapsies. I went chocolocamental at Christmas. What does that mean? It meant I ate chocolate. I don't eat chocolate much the rest of the year. Did, Loads you on, of chocolate. We yeah. want a big sugar and caffeine buzz then, since you abstained so much the rest of the year. Yeah, essentially. I bought two large trays of lint chocolates that were designed to taste like different puddings. Um, yes. So imagine very rich, very thick, very chocolatey. But they all just taste like kind of vanilla cream, really. Exactly, yeah. And I bought them as presents for the in-laws. I bought one, <laughs> one box as presents for the in-laws and one box because I was working on Christmas Day. I thought I'd bring it in for my producer at the radio station. Oh, but did, did it more work out present for the in-laws, present for Raleigh? No. What happened is I bought them in early December because I was prepared. Yes. Left them in the garage for safekeeping. Mm-hmm. Christmas Day, went in to get the uh, chocolates to bring to uh, Ashwell, where the in-laws are, yep. and to bring to work. Mice. <gasps> eaten Mice. through the box. Oh! Both boxes. My grandmother, who admittedly didn't give Christmas presents because she was Jewish, would have happily gifted those anyway. Well, I thought about it. <laughs> I did think, did. Because, because I looked at it and I was like, well, obviously if there's mouse shit in this, I can't give it. But uh, there, fair enough. there weren't. Uh, just tooth marks. Just tooth marks. And they'd ripped into the box and the box was shreds. Yeah, they like packaging more than food, I found, when I've had mice. Well, it's obviously the smell of the sugar that tempts them and then they think, well, I'm happy enough with the cardboard I'm now. full. Yeah. I'm full. <laughs> so had they got to the chocolates? No. They didn't leave any room for dessert. So I was like, well, do I give the... I can't give a box that's been ripped into and I can't really decant them because they're a presentational box. Mm. I can't decant them into a tub, but I'm not going to throw seven pounds worth of chocolates away either. So, of course, I just ate two massive boxes of lint selection bags. That, that was the only solution. <laughs> <laughs> that was my Christmas. Oh dear. Just every day, breakfast, lunch and dinner. I've basically been eating dessert-flavoured chocolates as regularly as a devout Orthodox person would pray. Well... So like every time you wash your hands, every time you go to the toilet, every time you make something in the kitchen, I've been having a chocolate. It's yeah. like an anti-Lent for you. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I'm glad you're still with us now. It was <laughs> touch and go at times. Um, and anyway, in the end, I did throw some away because I just couldn't bear to have them around the house anymore. 
yeah I, I kind of feel like you brought that on yourself yeah. by not giving them away I mean you could have said it humorously to the in-laws oh look at this mouse ate it because they're country people they know what mice get up to yeah I, I told them the story and but, of course they said in a jolly way oh of course you could have brought them anyway but I couldn't um, I couldn't walk in when they'd saved Christmas dinner for me as well in a little well, plate on the side with a you know little side of cranberry sauce and a glass of champagne and give them a yeah. mouse mouse-eared box of chocolate I think you could have if you'd brought them other presents as well yeah. And I think also what was implicit in their statement, like, oh, we should have brought them anyway. Brackets, you fat pig. Those brackets. <laughs> <laughs> well, talking of things we get for Christmas, this is from Eleanor from the Isle of Man. She says, last year for Christmas, my dad was given a dough scraper. And to Ooh. my knowledge, he's never used it. Well, have you checked the logbook? <laughs> this year, to save you from tears, you should get him something more special. Yeah, good point. <laughs> I am a keen bread maker, continues Eleanor. Uh, and a dough scraper would come in very handy. Yep, to scrape that dough. Um... If you're a really keen bread maker, how comes you don't have a dough scraper already? Is it not mm. essential? I'm a keen bread maker and I've oh. never felt the lack of a dough scraper, but maybe I don't know what I'm missing. I think I know what I'm getting you next Christmas. Don't get me anything. Okay. Therefore, Helen, answer me this. When, if ever, is it acceptable to mention to someone, I know you have something you were given as a gift and will clearly never use, can I have it? Uh, in support of my question, I'd like to add that Dad got a quiche tin two years ago and he's never used that either. Doesn't seem to be much of a cook, does he? <laughs> yeah, so someone hasn't identified this trend in their gift giving. Mm. Uh, although I don't plan to make quiche, do you think I should just throw that in as well? Well, why not? Two for one. If you're raiding his cupboards for presents for you, uh, and you might want to make like a, a pie or mm. a tart in it, um, I think with something as small as a dough scraper, and if you're convinced he never uses it, because a dough scraper is pretty much a spatula, isn't it? So he could use it for other spatulation tasks. What would you use um, a spatula for? scraping out any bowl full of things like cake mix or meringue or muck i'm trying to think if i even have a spatula uh, what i've got one. is a cheese sli- cheese slicer very different they're not very different aren't they the same in effect because no, it's made out of um, metal spatulas have a silicon rubber and right it's flexible. flexible yeah yeah so but if, if i make something in a pot like some rice and i need to scrape it out i do sometimes use the cheese slicer is that I'm, totally wrong no i'm glad you found a use for bloody cheese slicers because i've never found a useful one what even the primary use of slicing cheese i've got knives for that yeah, but that's that's cutting cheese. That's not slicing cheese. Anyway, you've you've created a long interlude in right. my already very long sentence <laughs> to Eleanor, which was when something is as small as a dough scraper, and you're convinced that it never gets used, you could just take it without yeah. mentioning. Just it. Just have to borrow it and don't give it back. That's obvious. Thing. Can I borrow your dough scraper rather than spending two quid on buying myself one? I, I can relate to this because my parents' dining room is a catalogue of dad's clowns. presents from Christmas oh. past. Yeah, there are a lot of clowns in there, but that's an incidental <laughs> thing. Um, what, what, what like? Because you've said before that uh, Stanley Mann is a tough guy to buy for. Oh, my God. I mean, I've actually now taken to buying him things, exclusively things that I might like to inherit when he dies. Because there's no <laughs> point. That's he's, dark. He's not going to use them. Um, so, How do you know what you're going to want in... 20, 30 well, it's a very time. good question, actually, Martin. What I tend to go for is stuff that's kind of classic, masculine, uh, you know, stuff that will endure. Like a bicycle pump. <laughs> Sabutio sets. Uh, you go for a lot of tan leather goods for him. Exactly. So, uh, Helen, yeah, we were together, in fact, in Manchester, and we went yeah. to Mappin and Webb, do you remember? And I got the leather yes. passport cover. Very smart. That was a prime... Tip. Now, that's a £50 passport cover. I wouldn't spend that on myself, but I was thinking... £50? Pa- that's, that's, yeah. On a, on a that's, thing you have to take off your passport yeah. at the only no time when you get to use it. But, you know, classically stylish and will endure for decades. Mm. Right. It never gets used. And I bought that, yeah. Dad didn't use it. I've already started using it. Awesome. I'm going to have that now before he does. Okay, well, how did you get it back? Uh, I just took it. 
I just right. took it. Yeah, didn't so, even ask. He, he has no idea that it's there. I mean, I can I can catalogue to you what's in that dining room from the yes. last few years. Great. Uh, there are numerous scarves that I'd like when I'm a bit older. Um, there's an Aloe Aloe DVD box set, which mm. he's never opened. Oh, I'd like, just, I'd, like to, I'd like that. This year, I got him a sound bar. I mean, I was just flagrant about it. <laughs> You've uh, already got one of those, though. I've got you? one downstairs. I've got one upstairs. Oh, useful. no. I haven't got surround sound in my bathroom television. <laughs> I find it so depressing that your father's just become a conduit for home accessories in your ex- extraneous parts. Well, look, it would be depressing apart from the fact he genuinely doesn't care, which is why he doesn't open them. This year, my grandma got him a CD of great speeches from history. Yeah. Uh, this, despite the fact that in his car, which is the only place he ever listens to CDs, he's had the same two CDs for over two decades. Uh, more Abergold and CD1 of the original cast recording of Sunset Boulevard. Um, yeah. He's not going to listen to it. No, unless they set it to show tunes. Even then, mm. it would take a lot for him to press eject on Abergold. I don't even know which <laughs> of those two CDs he'd want to kill in favour of Martin Luther King. I'm, I'm predicting neither. Well, it was thoughtful of her. Uh, d- does he open gifts in a way that makes him seem appreciative that you've at least bothered to buy him something? Yes, actually, he does. In his favour, he does. Because I'm though, bad at that. Right, no, he's very... like he's He, he, he actually... He laughs. So he goes, ho, 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 like that. And then says, oh, and then says yeah. whatever it is. Ho, 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 a book of Churchill speeches. And because he's prefaced it with, oh, ho, 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 yes, it sounds like jolly. implicitly he's yeah. saying what I've always wanted. Whereas actually he's just laughing at the pointlessness of it all. <laughs> oh, another marker of the futility of existence and human affection. <laughs> exactly. Um, I mean, with with your flagrant stuff to inherit when he dies, have you started getting your initials monogrammed onto the tan leather goods? It's only a matter of time. It absolutely just is. Get, just get man. Keep it, yes. keep it ambiguous. But anyway, I think certainly by the Christmas after the gift has been received is an appropriate time in which to say, eh, did you ever get around to using that dough scraper I got you last year? Yeah. Maybe not, because I, I could make use of it if you don't need it. Yes. But I would just go for the sly filch if it's a small item. Uh, well, here's another thing that people get for Christmas, but you might not want to get back after they've had them. Socks yeah. from Toby from Cheshire, who says, I have size seven feet. Yes, that's wow. right. Size seven. That's, he's a little man. Well, he's got little feet. I used to have a flatmate who was six foot one or two and he had size seven feet. And that's... you also had a flatmate here who was six foot one and had feet the size of Tyrannosaurus Rex. As in the whole dinosaur, not, yeah. not just the dinosaur's feet. Those feet. Still get, I still get fr- I get sweaty when I think about those feet. You, you used to worry that you would get lost in his shoes that he'd left <laughs> on the floor. Anyway, Toby says, this means the only socks I can buy are for size 7 to 11, mm. and it doesn't take a genius to figure out that a sock that is snug on a size 11 is going to be laughably baggy on a dinky size 7 and uncomfortable to boot or in boot. Mm. Good to see that Toby has retained his sense of humour. That's in, right, yes. In yeah. his socky crisis. A, a constrictive... Sock has not limited his wordplay abilities. Why doesn't he buy women's socks, which are available in sizes four to seven? Then he'd be on the upper bounds of sock size. What I'm going to do is I'm going to copy and paste that answer into the answer, Helen. What's the question, first of all? Prepare thyselves, listeners. Imagine that highlighted and selected, listeners. Toby's question is, Ollie, answer me this. How come they don't produce socks in more sizes? And edit paste. With five pairs for £10, uh, it can't be impossible to come up with a better fitting sock for relatively little cost. I suppose you're going to tell me that there are online retailers who will sell me bespoke hosiery, but honestly, well, honestly, Ollie, well, honestly, no, would you I tell think, Toby that, would I you? I think I would, yeah, because I think you you can't, in all fairness, expect a really super mainstream retailer like Sainsbury's yeah. 
to do much else other than cater for the mainstream man. Now, as you yeah. say, Helen, uh, they also cater for the mainstream woman. And uh, no disrespect, Toby, but that is roughly the size of your feet. So and just find some relatively neutral coloured women's socks. Which and you'll there be fine. are. There are, lots, there are lots of uh, perfectly gender non specific socks exactly. that you, with your neat gentleman feet, would <laughs> petite. find fine. Where neat, we, petite feet. Where do we find these <laughs> gender queer socks? Well, I don't know. I, I haven't bought socks for years because uh, I wear tights. Um, but um, back when I used to shop at Primark, they had lovely socks. Mm. Colourful. They washed well. But it's the case, isn't it, with anything like that? Like like condoms don't come in very small or very large. If you want yeah. those, you have to shop around. Yes. Uh, you know, if you've got elephantitis, you're not going to be able to buy a baseball cap. This is how it works. <laughs> okay. uh, unfortunately, they have to cater for the mainstream, uh, the mainstream man. And those socks do fit most... However, um, when they say one size fits all on garments, that's usually one size fits small people and everyone else can fuck themselves. Mm. Uh, but you could get tube socks because unlike uh, non-tube socks, tube socks don't have the heel knitted in that means your sock is a specific size. So then your foot will just slip into it and you'll have a slightly longer bit of sock on the calf than the average gent. What size are your feet, Ollie? Uh, 11. Do you find socks too tight for you? I've never thought about it. No. So in that case, socks are too big for poor Toby mm. with his foot at the end of the size range on the socks. Well, I don't find them too tight, but now I, now I do think about it. Uh, now in that 10 seconds that you've been talking, I've actually lent any of my brain space to this at all. Thanks. Uh, I am aware, I suppose, that they're a little bit short. They're not tight. Yes. They don't go as far up the ankle as I would like. Well, maybe Toby's finding the opposite problem. They're coming up above his waist. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a thing that I never could have predicted. All this talk of socks is mm-hmm. making me feel a bit claustrophobic. Oh, well, we better move on to the next question then. But do you know what I mean? That feeling of like... Binding on the foot? I, I'm a bit... Yeah, just stop saying it. It's making me feel a bit... I'm a bit like this with gloves. I like gloves that are cheaply made, so they're quite well aerated. Right. I don't like the ones that are thintulated and actually really uh, very heat containing. And you wear giant pants as well. Do I? Yeah. What about my pants is giant? Well, they're just, they're, I wear boxer shorts. Yeah, but they're not close-fitting boxer shorts, are they're not, they? No, they're I don't, not that's trunks. true. I don't wear trunks, yeah. I mean, hammer I li- pants would be the ideal no, trousers no. for you. Yeah, you're right. I like a little bit of air flapping around. Yeah. And it's the same with the socks and it's the same with the gloves. That's what it is, yeah. It's yeah. air, a little bit of air. Yeah. And I tend not to tuck in my shirt as well, same thing. I like a little bit of ventilation around. Yeah, we're lucky you're wearing clothes at all, frankly. <laughs> I got a question. Email your question. To answer me this podcast at googlemail.com 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 question from Jack in Worcester who is 23 and 8 twelfths which I believe is two thirds so why not use that fraction Jack. Jack says I recently treated myself to a lovely new tattoo. The design perched on the outside of my forearm is inspired by my favourite novel Stephen King's It. Uh. I love novels where ten year olds bang. Okay. I love it. Sorry Jack you do know that that's a book about a pederast serial killer yeah? (laughs) Yeah. Is that really tattoo fodder? Apparently. Uh, I can't think of many more inappropriate tattoos. My tattoo is inspired by my favourite book Schindler's Ark. (laughs) There really aren't very many tattoos that you you want that are worse than that. Well that would have form reflecting content. I suppose it would yeah. Yeah. My favourite book actually is 1984 and I've never thought about getting that in a tattoo but it could be quite a good one couldn't it? Big Brother style. Yeah. Two eyes looking out, something like that. Mm, Sounds fun. Uh, Jack says, I love it. All was going swimmingly until my dad noticed it. Is that the new tat? He asks. All in the present tense, you see, so it feels like we're really there. 
I nod, cringing at his use of the word tat, but happy nonetheless that he hadn't given me his world-famous disappointed grimace. Yeah, that's the worst, isn't it? Disappointed grimace from Dad. Mm, Especially with something you can't really remove with great ease. I didn't realise Winnie the Pooh meant so much to you, he continues. (laughs) Oh, burn. Uh, I have since learned that my tattoo resembles a fairly well-known illustration of Christopher Robin chasing a lost balloon. Yeah, now we've put the picture up, answermethispodcast.com. You can have a look for yourself. Yes. I agree. It is actually balloons and a tree. A red balloon going up in the air with a like a silhouette of a in tree a and a boy. So all it's missing really is it's literally... a clown in a drain. <laughs> yeah. Crucially, it's missing either a clown in a drain or Winnie the Pooh. So you don't know it. So you can't really blame anyone for saying, well, where's the protagonist here? It's not the tree. And also, isn't it better this way round? If you'd been going for a tattoo of something fairly innocent like Winnie the Pooh and everyone's like... Oh, that looks like Stephen King's it. That <laughs> terrifying, yeah. terrifying thing about uh, child death. Which was essentially people's first reaction to seeing the uh, CGI Paddington, wasn't it? Was it? Um, I know that actually subsequently, and I'm glad to hear the film's quite good. I haven't seen it myself because I don't have children, but I will one day. Uh, and apparently it's quite good. But when people first saw Paddington as a 3D realised yeah, bear, they were like, he's eyes. quite scary. Looks like a horror bear. Yeah, you want the edges uh, sort of softened on things like that. Yeah. You don't want all that modern digimation has to offer. Mm. Uh, well, Jack says, now when I look at my arm, all I see is poo. Even though poo's not in the tattoo, it's Christopher Robin, really. Um, so, Ollie, answer me this. How do I remove the imprint of Winnie the Pooh that is now sculpted into my brain? It's rather branded into your arm, Jack. All I seek is validation <laughs> on my excellent taste in art and literature. I think a lot of people wouldn't say that it was excellent literature. It is entertaining, but it's it's probably Stephen King wouldn't say that it was his most it's, literary work. It's, 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 it's trash, best, isn't it? It's yeah, pulpy. Yeah. Deliberately pulpy trash. Yeah, although still very many questionable elements. I mean, Mm. where did the spider thing come from? Why does the girl have to have sex with all the boys? I can understand why they left that out of the TV adaptation. (laughs) Do you know they're they're making a remake now, a film? Yeah, but they've been trying to do that for years, haven't they? Like The Stand as well. Yes, I know. But this this time they have a director attached. It's the guy who does True Detective. Okay. They're filming it in 2015 in two parts. Ooh. Apparently, according to the internet. Two-parter again? Two parts. I saw... What is it with the two-part thing? Well... The TV series with Tim Curry that was, was also in, two in two parts. parts. I know, but you wouldn't go to the cinema twice to watch it, would you? I caught the second half of it on TV a few months ago, and uh, I don't think it had aged well. No, I can I imagine. Remember, that. I remember the first half being really scary. Shit yourself, scary. Yeah. But then you were twelve, presumably. As yeah. Right. Yeah. And then the second half where it explains everything, just like oh, it's Ridiculous. a big fucking spider. Bro. Yeah. Although there is all the like eyeballs coming out of fortune cookies at the Chinese restaurant type fun. There's yeah, some great stuff nice. in it, and Tim Curry, arguably apart from Home Alone two, his last great performance. Would you um, like a balloon? Would you like a balloon? Do you do you know who's playing Pennywise in the next one? Yet to be announced. Maybe they should have uh, someone like Tom Hardy playing sexy Pennywise. And Tom Hardy, I could totally imagine doing that actually. Mm. Yeah. But still, I think they're going to have a, a a bit of a job bringing that up to date for the modern generation. I saw over Christmas Tim Curry doing the most phoned-in performance even he has ever done mm-hmm. uh, it was it I, every christmas i like to watch a so bad it's good masterpiece uh, yep. it's usually jingle all the way but occasionally i deviate yeah uh, and this year we watched one called christmas in wonderland um, which uh, was patrick swayze's last film depressingly Aww. and he's quite bad in it as well mm. um and it's set almost entirely in the edmonton mall in canada wow um, and it obviously been sort of part funded by the Edmonton Mall as a big advert um, so every scene they were like wow they've got such cool water slides here oh and where's the baddie gone and it was a really weird mix of Jingle All The Way Home Alone 
and like a really tepid episode of Neighbours. Do you think it was... <laughs> it sounds like the kind of film where the script should have been filmed in the 80s and hanging around for 20 years waiting to be filmed didn't do it any favours. I think that's right. And actually, Carmen Electra was in it no. as, as sexy elf henchman. She, I think, had probably been cast five years before as well. She was really? just looking a bit old to be sexy elf henchman. Although, you know, always a welcome relief. Well, I think maybe she should have uh, received a job promotion mm. because she's in her 40s. She, she deserves a more senior position. Well, I don't want to ruin the twist, but it turned out she was the brains behind the crime operation. Really? Yeah. And you overlooked that because of her tits, her magnificent tits. I think, in fairness, there was sexy saxophone playing every time she saxophone. came on screen. So I, th- yeah, yeah. I think we were supposed to ignore that. But back to Jack's problem. Oh, yeah. His, I, his indelible problem. I, his problem that he can't shift. I don't Your think fault, it, Jack. Nothing you can do about it. I don't think it is a problem because of all the tattoos you could get commemorating Stephen King's It, this seems to be a very artistic one. It almost looks like a Banksy. But maybe mm. what you need to do is just add something to make it shitter. But just put the words it next to it and then no one will mistake it for Winnie the Pooh anymore. Or you could put Pooh into it and then have Pennywise stabbing him from behind. <laughs> have Pennywise bumming Pooh. <laughs> An amazing literary <laughs> tattoo mashup. <laughs> I think it's fine. I think it's... I mean, you can explain it to people. I, th- yes, I think, Talking point. I think in later years you'll come to... Uh, celebrate its ambiguity rather than being angry about yeah. it. Also at the moment you're, you're, you're 23 and 8 twelfths but um, you have so many books left ahead of you I'm not saying that Stephen King's It isn't a great lifetime choice as your mm. favourite book but there are others that might also be quite well symbolised by Little Boy Balloon and Tree Silhouette Really? Maybe Such as? I don't know yet probably some Russian novels Do you feel a mock- Mockingbird? There's a balloon in that, right? Yeah. Definitely a tree in it. I mean, actually, out of all Stephen King books, if he'd gone for Misery, that mm. would be bad. Yeah, The Shining. <laughs> also bad. How would you do The Shining? You would do Red Rum, or you would do Axe and uh, Face coming through the door. Or just write, all work and no play makes Jack in Worcester a bad boy. Pet Cemetery, that would be distasteful. Carrie, you'd just have a big uh, blood splat, wouldn't you? Yeah. Giant vagina. So we've come around, really, so, to yeah, Jack's exactly, choice, Yeah, we? I mean, out of all the ones he could have gone for, actually, I think yeah. it's pretty good, yeah. I think whatever tattoo you get, some people are going to make uh, mean comments about it mm. that make you feel a bit annoyed. But really, Jack, you should you should look at your arm and think, yeah, it, that, that's my arms and my secret. Everyone else can think Winnie the Pooh if they want. That's uh, not my problem. Or you could make it clear, couldn't you, because it was in two parts. There was the bit set in the 1950s, the bit set mm. in the 1980s. Get an 80s tattoo on the other arm. Exactly. Wow. So, so on, the, on, the, on the left arm, you've got the silhouette of the tree representing yep. the boys in childhood. On yep. the right, you could have the gay man being thrown off the bridge at the beginning of the book. <laughs> In 1986. And then, you know, then no one could mistake the fact that you've got both sides of the story there. Nailed it. Yeah, I think so. Well, I think it's time for us to retire to the intermission. And this little window into a questionnaire's life is from episode 108. Available now at answermethisstore.com. This is Nick from London. Uh, I, I, I just found out that the love of my life... Uh, fucked a girl, guy in a wedding festival, which I was there sleeping in the tent at the same time. So, Ollie and Martin, answer me this why are all girls such slutty bitches? Listeners, we hope you haven't forgotten over the Christmas hiatus that in order to ask us questions using your voice, you need to phone the following number. <laughs> Or you can Skype us by typing the words answer me this into Skype. 
or, or Siriing them in, if you've got that. Yeah, but then it's bound to phone someone else, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's pointless, isn't it? But, I don't understand you. Yeah, what? Manchester United 5 0. <laughs> anyway, let's see who's on the phone line today. Hi, this is Katie calling from Christchurch. Hello, Nelly, answer me this. How do they audition people for audiobooks and meditation CDs? Because I think that Ollie in particular would do spectacularly at both. I agree. I think you'd be great at both audiobooks and meditation CDs, Ollie, with your lovely soothing tones. Katie claimed that Ollie would be good at meditation CDs, and Helen agreed. <laughs> I'd love to do it. I'd love to do it more than almost anything else in the world. It's the, any kind of voiceover job is the easiest job. It's easy enough being on the radio and just talking for a living and doing a podcast and being able to monetize yeah, it. And having to think what to say. But exactly. We have to at least think what to say. Someone oh. puts a script in front of you and says, read this. You know enter our prize drawer online at marksandspencer.com that'll be 10 grand please on brilliant the o- on the other hand though you're reading for a long time protractedly yeah. uh, and um, we have both individually auditioned in the past for an audiobooks making production company indeed so the correct answer to the question how do you audition for an audiobook is you go to an office in Archway that's very well protected because it was in the same building as the uh trade industry body for the fur industry i remember remember it had a huge security gate and a man there just checking that you weren't going to throw red paint all over the building i I believe other options are available if you want to read audiobooks i don't think you'd have to come all the way to archway from christchurch but Mm. there are just a few production companies that make audiobooks and uh, you go and have a voice test for one and we went and did it so we did this individually we've not really ever conferred notes so what what happened at yours what happened at mine ollie is even though it was november i was stuck in a very 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 hot Mm. recording booth it's tiny as well isn't it it's yes. like solitary confinement yes made out of dark foam and it's so dark yes and so dark mind, like you're reading by candlelight some people it's like dead poet society in there. <laughs> some people are in there for a week yeah narrating an audiobook this is why roger allen never has a tan he's been too long away from daylight and i was in there for about 20 minutes or half an hour reading yeah. the beginning of a book about cycling and um the problem i had was that my my mouth became extremely dry in these circumstances mm. and it felt like i wasn't really allowed to make mistakes because i was auditioning and mm. you want to have minimal edits anyway if you're doing a massive audiobook but also the problem i ran into is i think on the pretty much the first page of this book the uh, author was narrating a conversation she had with someone who was supposed to be a person being obstreperous in an Indian call centre. And I was like, am I supposed to be doing a racist (laughs) accent now? Because I really don't want to. That's interesting, because I had the same thing. Not the racism thing, but... You realise fairly soon that one of the reasons they prefer using actors to radio presenters and podcasters... It's because it's acting. It's because yeah. there's, there's elements of acting. <laughs> Fancy so that. Even, so I was reading a thing by Simon Hoggart, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the Times journalist, yep. um, which they'd deliberately given me because it was roughly in my voice, you know, slightly aggravated middle-class man talking about his own life. Yep. Um, so that, I suppose, is the kind of audiobook that I'd be narrating. Sure, a bit of range. Um, but the problem was, even within that, like the bit that they got me reading was a bit where he went to a sofa store dfs or something and i had to do the voice of the manager i had to do the voice of another customer who's in the shop i had to do the voice of the guy who's trying to assist him yeah. and before you know it i'm not an actor and i was doing a yorkshire accent i was doing a cockney oh, accent oof. and well my yorkshire and cockney are all right yeah but I, you know I, I, that's it so had there been 10 characters i, I would have ended up doing chinese and yes. that would have been highly offensive yep so I, that's the issue i think to be honest i wasn't too surprised when they didn't ask me back i don't feel like it was my best work but I bet you did all right on the sight reading. My problem was that the book 
was really badly edited so my temptation was to tidy sentences up a bit because yeah. particularly when you're reading them out loud you want a sentence to progress in a natural manner so beginning middle and end not to have like a beginning a huge subclause then return to the beginning and then veer off again and then finally end yeah subclauses must be a nightmare for uh, for, for people doing audiobooks absolutely and and for a, a former proofreader and copy editor so I just think I was ill-equipped. Also, I don't think my voice is that nice. I'd be infuriated if I had to spend 10 hours with it. <laughs> I have to do that every day. Hey, shut up. <laughs> That's all right. Uh, so, yeah, so they give you a, a book that you've sort of slightly prepared and then a sight-reading one. And my sight-reading was really heavy. It was about a journalist in Afghanistan or oh. something. It was okay, but it was just, you know... Bring on the lols. Exactly. Hard to put too much warmth behind that. Yeah, because you always sound like you're smiling, which I think is a nice quality for the listener. Yeah, but not necessarily appropriate for certain material. No, keep it light, mm. I think, mm. for the Ollie Man audiobook. Mm. But they never called me back. Did they call you back? They didn't, but mm. hey, I'm available. Yep. Ollieman.com, all my details are there. <laughs> would love to do an audiobook although I, the problem is time because as you say if you're reading a whole book that is seven days work isn't it yeah and you must get parts reading for hours and hours yeah, a day yeah. I, I have admiration for people that can do it and they don't sound like they're just droning by about the second chapter because hmm. you know your mind goes elsewhere and your mouth is just saying words and that disconnect i think is uh, annoying when you're listening because hmm. you start to lose interest in the book hmm. it's harder than it sounds isn't it hmm. well i hope that satisfied you katie I only like things that feature the number seven Like the secret seven and magnificent seven I've even got time for lucky number seven Who doesn't love Lucy Lou? You're gonna gush with joy over Squarespace 7 It's a cross-platform web design tool sent from heaven The site you build will be full of surprises like the end of seven What's in the box? Thanks very much to Squarespace for supporting this episode of Answer Me This. Yes, thank you, Squarespace. Thank you. And thank you especially for providing the world with Squarespace 7, your one-stop shop to make a funky website that works across numerous different platforms, even if you think the word funky is for old people. Or that it means things that smell bad like old shoes, <laughs> yeah, which exactly. in some countries is what funky means. Yeah, I reckon some Americans listening to this think exactly that that's what it means. I Although Bruno Mars is bringing funk back in the old sense, isn't he? Is he? Yeah. I would say really what you meant instead of funky was... Uh, easy to use and uh, well designed and uh, works on mobile and desktop that's exactly what i meant I and, think so. and also uh, what i implied by the use of the word is that you can have 10 percent off a year's uh, subscription by using the promo code answer all of that in the word funky I know. <laughs> kyle in bloomington indiana says our nearby ever-expanding supermarket has put in an olive bar mm-hmm. Someone should move to Bloomington and his name is Ollie Mann. I've heard it, I've heard that Bloomington is very nice. Is it? Yeah. Well, I can tell because they've got supermarkets with olive bars in them. <laughs> um, I live uh, two miles away from an olive bar. What hell? No, <laughs> I think that's reasonable. I mean, they have a car park, but... I'd rather that my local post office had an olive bar. Your mission statement is to always be within 30 yards of a olive bar. When I lived near Newington Green, literally, my local post office and news agent had an olive bar in it, and I would like that situation back. They had drive-through olive bars, didn't they? Where <laughs> they would just shoot them into your mouth with a cannon. <laughs> anyway, uh, Kyle uh, explains what this is, if we don't know. Uh, well, it, not everybody used to right. live in Highbury. True. Olive-rich area. Uh, he says, an olive bar is where you scoop out your olives and put them in a plastic container and weigh them at the checkout. 
I think and we're, then we're you, all up to speed now. It's all the fun of selecting olives, yeah. but also importantly, you then buy that weight of olives and you take them home and you eat them. I think it's a savoury pick and mix, basically, yes. isn't it? If you're yes. unfamiliar with the idea. Yes. Um, I have a habit, continues Kyle, of sampling. Let's put that in inverted commas. Sampling mm. one or two or more of the olives whilst I shop. My wife says this is shoplifting, as I've not yet paid for or weighed the olives. Mm. I say I am merely sampling to make sure they are of a fine quality. Sure you are, Kyle. Yeah. The supermarket gives out samples of other foods. (laughs) (laughs) This just has the ring of the self-justification, doesn't it, immediately? I've just got this vision now of Kyle ripping open cereal boxes and eating a handful and be like, it's a sample. (laughs) You just forgot to put it out. So, continues Kyle, I feel I'm within fine moral ground. Sure you do. Mm. Mm. Besides, the olive bar is $9 per pound. Yeah, because they've got to up the price because of olive thieves like you. So, I figure there is quite a lot of margin in there for a few samples. Yeah, you Again, do. self-justifying. It's like if you went in court and said, well, I didn't feel like it was murder. <laughs> so, Helen, answer me this. Am I, as my wife contends, an olive thief? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Because you're stealing the olives. That's right. You're not paying no, for. absolutely not. Whoa, what? What? <clears throat> no, I think that's completely justified. Um, I mean, if you sample one and no more than one olive of each type, that is genuinely trying to... T- the difference between opening a cereal box is that you're causing damage to the product. Opening a little box or whatatever it is in an olive bar and seeing if you like the olive. I think you couldn't totally be justified. more wrong, Martin. I shall tell you for no. why. Please do, Martin. If you were to eat the cereal from the Sugar Puffs box and then take that box of Sugar Puffs to the checkout, they scan it and you pay the same whether you ate it or not. Yes. You're still, like, dirty and weird. Yes. But, but you pay the same amount. By eating the olive... It's not contributing to the total weight, is it? Yeah, but it, it swings around a bit, because if you, if you ate from that cereal box but then did not purchase it because you did not like the product, that would ruin a whole box of cereal. Two wrongs don't make a right, Martin. Ruining, I mean, you're imagining a scenario where someone's ruining, living in the supermarket. You're yeah. not ruining the whole, the whole um, not olive bar them. by trying you're it. You're not, not paying, paying for the they, olive. They need to weigh Kyle on his way that in and his way factored. out and charge him for the weight of olives. <laughs> I think you're right in saying that. It's factored into the cost of the olives. I don't... That doesn't that's, mean it's right, though. Kyle is raising the cost of olives for everyone in Bloomington. take advantage of the statutory rights to eat olives i disagree i think you're part of the problem not the solution yes i think the reason this olive bar is yes represent yes. the reason <laughs> this olive <laughs> bar is nine dollars per pound is because people like man. you thieve olives i'm not siding with you the are. man you'd rather I'm, side with the with the walmart I'm, of olive yes bars i'm saying why should the vulnerable corporate giants like tesco it. have to build into their price for thieving that's not thieving it's that's, wrong it's try before you buy it's if, the opposite yeah, but of if he was like oh i don't know if those olives in that jar and nice or not so I yes. try one for quality control and then he doesn't buy the jar that's Why exactly is it the point it's, no, it's not, not ruining the, the whole jar because it's an olive bar yeah, but it's, it's still like it, stealing it's like you the, your foam shrimp you're ruining the whole jar by even touching it if I saw you in the supermarket <laughs> with your finger on those olives I wouldn't want to go near them again because well, you're a thief that got very heated very quickly here's another question of which food. olives never should be no except well, in some Spanish food yeah or in um, uh, a putanesca sauce, sauce. Mm, delicious yeah. uh, it's a question from Orla who is 29 this January Happy birthday. Mm. She says, I am a huge fan of eggs. Oh, God, this is going to go bad down Martin Street as well. (laughs) I find them so versatile. I like to steal them from chickens. Is this theft? (laughs) I like to crack them in the supermarket just to check they're not vulnerable. (laughs) And then if they break, I will not buy them. And if they don't break, I don't buy them. Mm. Uh, I find them so versatile, says Orla. Great for breakfast. Can be cooked in so many ways. Essential for baking cakes. works for the eggs marketing board, I suspect. She's watched that Delia series where she cooked eggs for days. Mm. Yeah, the eggs marketing board's in Farringdon. You can go to their building. Great. It's just around the corner from Smithfield. It's the one shaped like a big egg. One day, Martin, you'll make an app of all the boring places in the world. (laughs) 
Uh, Orla says, they are a wonder food. Mm. I also love chicken. Don't we all? Grilled, roasted in sandwiches. Mm. Now, I obviously know that both chicken and eggs are from the one animal, the hen, mm. but Ollie answered me this. Why, oh, why, in all the wealth of cooking and recipes, can I not think of even one dish that uses chicken meat and egg? What? Egg for you? I've never heard of a chicken and egg sandwich, not even a chicken and mayonnaise sandwich, Orla. A chicken omelette, not even a chicken omelette. Uh, <laughs> a, ch- a chicken and egg sandwich. Well, she said that twice because she's never heard of it twice. <laughs> No, she's got a point, hasn't she? Which is, you can think of uh, scenarios where eggs are used as lubricant in the form of mayonnaise. Yes. Mm. But hard, actually, to think of sliced boiled egg, for example, and chicken being a combination. Yeah. Whereas you would get that with pork. That's you would get says. that with steak, even. She says eggs go so well with pork in breakfast dishes. Yeah. Surely chicken and eggs should go together, it's no? It's a different flavour combination. Chicken's relatively bland. It's got yeah, simamami, so but it's not got very, exactly the same sort of characteristics as egg. Mm, and also, doing similar things I, in the dish, I yeah. think you need more textural contrast. Like, bacon is a crisp and a firmer thing, whereas and both eggs and pork uh, the only time I ever use chicken and eggs together, says Orla, is if I'm crumbing chicken. But that is merely washing the skin with eggs so the crumbs stick. It's hardly a dish with egg and chicken as the heroes of the dish. I actually disagree there. I, I mean, it's a hidden hero. An unsung no, hero. It's an unsung hero. It's a yes. working class hero. But uh, the egg is crucial to fried chicken. But anyway, there are lots of dishes that do use chicken and eggs, like uh, egg fried rice. Yes, that's sense. a good one. And um, although and that has so much meat in it, could you really say that the chicken is the star there? Okay, but the same with Cobb salad though, because that has bacon and blue cheese in it. But it does also have chicken and hard-boiled eggs. Yeah. Uh, oh, um, club sandwich. Club sandwich. Yeah, club sandwich is an no, egg and chicken no. sandwich with bacon. Yes, no, it is. I think only, yes, it is. No, it only no. occasionally has solid egg. It's usually just mayonnaise. Yeah. And I was outraged when I received one with solid egg in it. Disgusting. Really? Yeah. Well, I, I had one at Claridge's the other day, and it had the hard-boiled egg, Ugh, chicken, demented. and bacon, and it was delicious, and a lot of mayonnaise, which has egg in it as well. Avgolimono, the Greek chicken and egg soup. Like a chicken noodle soup probably has egg noodles in it, doesn't it? But then egg is uh, not the hero ingredient. Yeah, but you might have some soup. egg white mixed in with that soup to thicken it. Say a breakfast burrito that's got scrambled egg and chicken in. Um, yeah, you don't get, you do not get chicken in a breakfast burrito. Would, very rarely. Occasion- Chick- yes, you might get like someone saying, "I took last night's leftovers of our Mexican chicken, yeah, exactly, and I made a fried exactly. breakfast out of it." But that's because they haven't got any pulled pork. It's not because it's the best ingredient. I, I bet that happens a lot. Uh, yeah, but that's not the, it's not the hero ingredient. Chicken schnitzel with a fried egg on top. Yeah. That happens a lot. Does it? Yeah, mm. Ethiopian stew Doro Watt has uh, chicken and eggs. Doro Watt? Doro, is, <laughs> is chicken and egg kosher? Because in an answer me this episode long past, we answered a question from Dave from Smethic asking why milk and meat was not kosher together because uh, you're not supposed to be able to cook the child in its mother's milk. Mm. But is the same true of chicken and eggs or are Jews just not really bothered no you can have chicken and eggs together in fact yeah, they love chicken and eggs in fact there is a soup that is prepared on Passover which is essentially a chicken soup with eggs in it and in fact well, there you go Walla. I was slightly shocked this year because uh, my auntie Elaine made this delicious soup on Passover and it's the, the egg always looks different to eggs and other soup it's quite hard mm. and I said to my cousin Sarah who works in the butcher shop I said oh where do you where do you get this egg from because we really like to make it at home I can never make my eggs go this hard like this it's just the yolk and she said, well, it's from the chicken. And I said, yeah, I know eggs are from the chicken, but where do you get it from? She went, no, no, it's from the inside of the chicken. It was the chicken's ovary. It's, it's from the cut open womb of a dead chicken. Ooh. That's where they get the eggs from for the uh, chicken soup on Passover. Oh. So, yes, Halloween that is a <laughs> It's quite freaky when you realise what you're eating. But no different to any other egg, it just hasn't hatched yet. Well, I had food poisoning a few days ago, so I've been feeling sick ever since. And in fact, just the words egg buffet made me projectile vomit all over a bathroom mirror. And so I'm finding this question really difficult. You've done really well to stay, stay yeah, with it. But I'm going to say, let's end the show here. 
uh, before I puke into the mic. But listeners, if you want to send questions to nauseate us or delight us uh, for a future episode, then all of our contact details are on our website. Answermethispodcast.com Because two things that go very well together, like chicken and egg in obscure dishes Four from around the world, egg. are of course us and your questions. Absolutely. I think you'd say us and your ears, that would have been a better... Yeah, those go well together as yeah. well. But we need your questions. We need our questions yeah. to fill really? your ears with. Otherwise, what would we talk about? Um, well, Weather. don't find out. No. Send us your questions and Please. we will feature them in the next episode, which is out in two weeks' time. Yep. Other things on our website in the meantime? Oh, our Twitter and Facebook details, so you can befriend us online. Yeah. And our, there are links to uh, lots of stuff, like our classic episodes and our albums, which are also on answermethisstore.com. Mm-hmm. So remember all that. We'll see you in a fortnight. And remember, if there isn't an episode of Answer Me This in a week... Uh, obviously it's a very tough week to get through Uh, but there is an episode of the media podcast which is the show that i present and helen is sometimes on and you can find that but not when you're on it but not when i'm on it it's like chicken and eggs we're not in the same dish (laughs) we rarely go well together it's an acquired taste which is which Uh, and you can find out about that at themediapodcast.com Okay. It's for you to get on with, isn't it? Yeah, just remains for us to say thanks very much to Squarespace. Use the code ANSWER if you're going to use their services. And uh, fa- uh, Happy New Year, Happy New Year. Oh, yeah. Oh, happy new year. Oh, oh yeah. so many yeah. things. All right, yeah. well, okay. Uh, well, let's wrap it up there. Right. Bye! Bye.